the most expensive car like to buy? Most, the most expensive car I've sold was a LaFerrari Aperto. Wow. How much? Uh, between six and a half and seven and a half. I'll give you that range. What? What do you, what do you think about the Ferrari truck? I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty cool. I have one coming. Oh, you so, do? Yeah, I'll have one coming. Yeah, because yeah. they were saying that they were sold out. If, if you got the right contact, you can right. get one. <laughs> I had one customer buy 40 something cars for me. For real? They spent over $30 million with me. That's one big. day. Yeah, that's big. And that's not normal. Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Nick Dosa. What's happening? How's it going, man? Good, good. Just uh, watched the game three of the Vegas Knights. You're the official sponsor. Yeah, official mm -hmm. luxury car sponsor. So yeah, it's kind of fun and rooting for them. Yeah. We lost yesterday, but it's okay. So what'd you drive here today? <laughs> uh, Cullinan. Cullinan. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Those are expensive, right? Yeah, yeah about three, four hundred, right? Jeez. Five for a black badge, yeah. 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 Wow. Depending on which one. Half a mil on a car? Yeah. That's Scully. insane, man. That's normal these days. Is what can it? you get? What can you get for a hundred thousand today? A Tesla? You buy, yeah, you buy a Camry for sixty five. Mm. Camrys get, are sixty five? Imagine that, right? For yeah. a fully loaded Camry. It's, you know. You'd probably get a charger. Charger, a bit, yeah. A bit, charger, yeah. Hundred grand. Yeah. Round there. Mm. What's like your average order value when you sell a vehicle, like hundred K? Um, our sweet spot's like 100, 150,000. That's the highest AOV I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Like that's six figures probably. Yeah, easy. <laughs> well, you mean on actual, like what the average car we sell price-wise is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, when it comes to exotics, gotta have a bankroll. Cause you gotta have yeah, two bankrolls. You gotta have a bankroll to get it and then a bankroll to fix it. Yeah, true. <laughs> you gotta true. have two separate bank accounts for, like, for one car. Why do they break down a lot? No, well, no, it's not that they break down a lot. It's that when it's time to get them fixed, costs. Doesn't you know, insurance so many cover plates and stuff that you got to take off to even see the engine. Mm. That's the only yeah. on the Rolls Royce. That's why we have a full service department. You know what I mean? So mm. we take care of it. We have extended warranties. We have also, but a lot of stuff's under warranty. So yeah. I mean, when you buy an exotic, you kind of know what you're getting into. Yeah, right? depend on they're they're not yeah. needs, they're wants. Yeah, right? absolutely. But they can their assets I, I feel like they're assets. 100% yeah during COVID they were even crazier assets I mean you could buy a car brand new and take it off and put it online and sell it for 50 grand more it not only that I mean it, it, that. it raises your work um, your network is better yeah um, people you start to meet women you date obviously depending on what your motive is but it's definitely it definitely helps the edification that comes with it mm -hmm. I mean it, it's a it's a different kind of generation now right yeah we look at things on Instagram and, and social media platforms that are like, oh, you know, hey, this guy drives a McLaren. This guy drives a Lamborghini. Oh, cool. I want to talk to him. Mm -hmm. They don't know the guy that's driving the Tesla has the same amount of bankroll or if not more. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's perception. That's, that's the crazy thing. But yeah, these are, these are definitely marketing tools. Absolutely. It gets the attention. Absolutely. Now, how did you get started with this? Because obviously, this type of industry, you need a lot of connections and capital. Yeah. So I started back in Canada. Uh, I was born and raised out there. And I was going to school, and I was going to school for medical and, and stuff like that, as any Indian, uh, you know, kid would go through, <laughs> right? So your parents like, hey, you got a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was going through school and, and doing all that, and I was like, I was buying and selling cars in class, and I was making more money than my professor. <laughs> How can I listen to this guy tell me 
this is what you're going to, you're going to go to school, you're going to go out of school, you're going to make $150,000 a year and, you know, I'm making three, 4,000 a car and I'm mm-hmm. selling 10 cars a month while I'm sitting in class and doing a full course. Wow. How's that work? Right. So I couldn't justify it, you know, so I talked to my mom and said, like, hey, listen, I got to, I got to do something different. She's like, well, you got to finish your school. So I mm-hmm. did that and then started the car business. Um, Cliff Notes version, did it in Canada and then moved to Vegas to be closer to family. Mm. So, yeah, big wow. family person. Wait, so how were you flipping them in class? Were you just drop shipping them? No. Back then, when you think about it, like you couldn't do that. You had a cell phone and you had the Auto Trader book. Mm. We didn't even have online kind of presence like we do now. Oh, you were selling the Auto Trader book? Yeah, man. You'd Jeez. buy it, you clean it up, you'd take a picture, you put it in the Auto Trader book, mm-hmm. and you'd pay extra for the, the color ad, or you'd pay a uh, lesser price for the black and white ad. Wow. And you'd just, so that's I'd always buy the color yeah, ad. That's old school. Cool. <laughs> I used yeah that's the hustle right there that's the hustle and then you'd have a week right because it's a week every week it would come out so you have you buy it you clean it up get it done fast put it online so next week you're hoping to sell it you just wait for your phone to ring and now it's just more so like with the internet and social media now you're just selling the lifestyle Selling lifestyle. Yeah, selling the lifestyle. Yeah, that's exactly it. You have to, you know, you have to learn the business. But I think I'm appreciative that I did it like that because I think I got a better value for the business. I think I understand the business better because mm-hmm. of it. And I know I watched the internet transition happen, mm-hmm. how everything mm-hmm. kind of went online right, and started. Right. So for me, it was like, okay, cool. I was able to see it gradually go, mm-hmm. you know. And why did you stick with buy, sell and not get into car rentals? Because I hear there's good margins there. You know what? There's a lot of guys that do rentals and stuff. And one of the bigger guys in town, we started at the same time. I opened the dealership and he opened rental. And I said, hey, I'm going to do dealership. You do rental. We stayed up each other's way. But for me, I'm a liability person. You know, I'm very like calculated on everything I do. So I just when I go to sleep at night, I want to sleep really good. I don't want to have to have that stress because the minute you pass over your car, it doesn't matter if that person is insured or whatever. Kill someone, it's still going to come back on you. You got a problem to deal with. Wow. Doesn't matter. It's liability. It's all liability. Mm-hmm. So it's calculated risk. For me, I just, well, I take the risk if I don't have to. The reward is not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually know someone that that happened to. Mm-hmm. One of his rentals got in an accident. Mm-hmm. The guy died, and then he had to sue, and he lost a ton of money. And then when you get wow. sued, you're always you fighting. The yeah. guy sued him? The guy, so there was two guys in the car. One of them died. The guy that survived sued him, and he had to pay because. And the guy died, so it's yeah. crazy. Oh, that's crazy. And you got to think, like, when you get sued, you're on defense mode, mm-hmm. right? You're not on offense. So you're, like, you're always defending yourself, and you didn't even do anything wrong. Yeah. So why put yourself through that stress? It does it. seem stressful. A lot of cars get in accidents. Yeah. In the but now they get stolen, too. But, I mean, it's, I mean, it's risking in every industry, even with selling cars sometimes, you know. The guys will go rent cars right now and they'll they'll take it to California and wrap the car because before you'd have to paint a car, but now you can wrap a car mm-hmm. and, you know, create a digital sticker, change the VIN and go sell it to somebody for cash. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's it. dude did that. He sold a Hellcat. No way. Yeah. It was a rental. Yeah, yeah. dude's gave him 50K for it. Cash. That's yeah. insane. You gotta wait. But what about the license plate? I mean, Take on. It's the same plate. How is he selling yeah. it? Well, he, I mean, you, people don't know the difference. They, they, they the difference, see a for yeah. sale sign. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, got, he got caught when he went to go register the car because he couldn't register it. Jeez. So during COVID, that car spike, I mean, what was your life like? Because that, that, that was, was crazy. Wild, man. Everything was shutting down. I was having a kid during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything was shutting down. And I'm like getting ready to shut the business down. Because we had to just, everybody had to stop, oh, right? Oh, you to shut down? We had to, sh- we had to like shut it down as in like we were going to stop everything and mm-hmm. stop business until everything reopened. Mm-hmm. Most people couldn't do that. They were losing their businesses. We were able to just mm-hmm. close it off and yeah. take some time off, which yeah. was kind of nice in a way. I had a baby during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then all of a sudden they said, okay, well, cars are essential business. Mm. Perfect. Let's open up. Mm -hmm. And we were first to market again. And I had a bunch of inventory. Mm -hmm. So prices had already gone up. But during right when COVID was hitting, I was buying stuff left, right, and center. People were panicking. Mm. Oh. I'll sell you this. Okay, cool. Give me a hundred thousand. I'll take it. Cars worth one fifty. I don't care. I want a hundred. Give it to me. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it was just. So you took advantage of it. You have to. What's the most expensive car that you got for the low? Equity in here. I need that. Okay, so if you drink COVID, mm -hmm. I'll give you that one. I All bought right. a Bentley for. Uh, 150,000. It was a 2020 Bentley GT first edition W12 coupe. Mm. The value on it was 380. Yeah, brand new, about 340. What? And uh, the guy had a thousand miles on it. Mm. Bought it for 160, I think, ish. All right, like it was your yeah. title. Bought it for 160 Whoa. and uh, turned around and flipped it for 240. Overnight, overnight, overnight. Yeah. that's a full time salary. Literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> but that, those deals don't happen. I mean, right. you, gotta, you know, it just it was time and place. Next, got a brand new car, and where's nothing? Where's the shit? Yeah, but the what? guy that needed to sell it for him, that money was so important mm -hmm. because he was preparing for the worst. Every every was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why we don't need those cars and stuff like that? Anybody that's smart with business would say, hey, listen, I'll take the cash. Cash is king. Mm -hmm. Let me sit on the cash pile. And then when the deals come, I'll rip. Mm, right? yeah. so. What's it like at car auctions? What, do you have a strategy going into those? I used to do a lot of auctions. I don't do as much anymore. Um, it's just not, it's not our kind of our car culture in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, we do get some fillers here and there from other location, uh, the cheaper stuff. But otherwise, car auctions, there's a reason the car's at the auction. One. Mm -hmm. And sometimes dealers just sell in there because they need liquid cash flow to keep the, the ball rolling uh, so there is some deals but there's you got to always check the cars out you got to know the history do your research make sure everything's good you know so you've gotten some like messed up cars at them and oh yeah 100 that taste in your mouth 100 absolutely yeah because once you buy it through the auction you can only have so much recourse and by the time you get the car here you inspect it oh something's wrong yeah uh, you're taking the l on that especially yeah. with an exotic you yeah. don't want to take the l on those no you got to know you got to have holes where you buy your stuff and yeah a lot of repeat business for me. Nice. Are you are you doing consignment too? We do a little bit, not very much. It's most mostly consignment. If I take a consignment car that I've already sold to a customer, mm, okay. because again, it goes back to hey, you're going to consign the car with me. I don't know the history on the car, right. you know. But like my children, you got to think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. If I get to give you that, it's a liability again, calculated right. risk. If I'm selling you a car, I have to be able to stand behind it, 100. Mm percent -hmm. I can't say hey, take this, deal with it on your own. That doesn't work. Yeah. Like that. How do you manage supply chain? Because I drove by yesterday. It looked like you guys had a ton of cars. I mean, how much money is actually tied up there? Which location? The Sahara location? I think the main one, yeah. So we have two. There's one on Dean Martin that's right off the strip and another one on Sahara. Mm -hmm. But cumulatively between the two locations, about 35, 38 million. Jeez. <laughs> cars, Dude, there was like 100 cars when I drove by. I was like, mm -hmm. the, one on, the one on Dean Martin is, uh, it's sometimes there's a lot of cars there, but sometimes it's like that. There are you know what? With this whole... Uh, baseball thing mm -hmm. that was happening i had to make some transitions and so we turned part of it to our service department which we already had we made it bigger and just amping up because you can't you know just jump from forty thousand square feet to eighty thousand square yeah, feet. you have to have a little bit of a step in between so yeah. that's kind of why some things are transitioning around there but it's usually loaded it's got all the big dollar stuff in there that's yeah. a toy store yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and i seem i feel like also too with Vegas transitioning into a bigger city and becoming a real city of entertainment. You guys don't. Yeah. You guys are, I mean, the athletes are here. 
Yeah, yeah, they're coming. I mean, the competition is not really there in a sense fully because you you specify on specific type of cars that the thing they is, want. you know, it's a little bit of luck and, and a little bit of timing and a little bit of you know God's work and, and you know some prayer behind it. And I think that we've made a big enough splash that we're a little bit ahead of the game overall. Uh, the name is there; it's established as a household name in town right. for sure now and when you're at a certain point you're already big enough that if someone's to start yes they'll start there's gonna be a lot of competition there always is mm-hmm. and i and i love that but i think the leading factor is that we're the the largest by far right I mean, especially in this area yeah you got the most capital <laughs> the most clientele you got a head start yeah, I mean, maybe certain cars too, bro. the owners of the yeah. sports teams are our customers yeah. right all the athletes of the sports teams locally here are our friends. customers yeah. and their friends yeah. and and there's you know celebrity clients and even a couple of people that just moved to town that are big names or mm-hmm. clients you know everyone I know in Vegas that owns electric car bought from them it's crazy like I said it's a household name yeah so yeah. what exotics or certain cars won't be touched like nah I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying it I don't want it or what's what's you know what cars are hard to sell to for me I look at it as dollars and cents mm-hmm. okay. I'll take anything if it has profit in it mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really matter what it is, mm-hmm. but there's certain cars that are problematic, like you know, like the Karmas, those Fisker Karma, Fisker Karma. They still making them? They still they, they're called Karma now, but those are trash. <laughs> yeah, those are trash. Oh man, what about McLarens? You'll sell those? We sell. We're the only dealership in town that can service them. Oh really? So I have all the equipment to service McLaren, uh, and we sell the most McLarens out of anybody here in town. So yeah, wow. I love McLarens. I'm, I'm wow, big on the only McLaren. place I could service them. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like race cars. Oh, so they're super specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have special techs. All yeah. my guys are proper techs from proper locations that have come over, and we nitpicked and chose the best ones, and we built the dream team. Nice. And what cars are just flying off the shelf? They're gone same day you get them. Uh, for a while there was a lot of Lamborghini Huracan Evos stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and for a little while it was four eighty eight Spiders. They go in trends. It's mm. kind of weird, you know, like mm. how it works. Because one kid gets it and then yeah, it's like, yeah, and other people like it, or it's just a trend of what's in the market. You'll see market supply go up and down, and and as it's going down, then all those cars get you know taken out of the market. Mm. And there's more. It's just it's hard to explain that. Yeah, but it's nothing really just comes and goes right away. If you have the right car and the right price and the right color and the right options, it's gonna go. Now, have you guys got a Countach yet? Um, few of them. A few of them. Yeah. I seen a purple one. I was that yours? No, the new Countach. That was a customer of ours, actually. Oh, was? Yeah. Yo, the new Countach is pretty cool. Oh my goodness. What is that? Uh, it's a Lamborghini Countach. Oh, it's a remake. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the old one, <laughs> the '89 25th anniversary edition. I think it's still the best. Well, I just kind of like that. That is a, it's a, it's a pioneer Lambo, and the fact that they recreated it and yeah. made it like super modern, it's like, nostalgic to an extent. Oh, it's so rare. Yeah. How many did they make? Like five hundred? I don't know, but you don't see them. They're expensive as hell. But yeah, they're going a million over MSRP. Yeah, you don't see them. Like you're not gonna see a cool time. So when I see one, I was like, oh, I thought automatically. I thought, oh, yeah. We got a network with that guy. (laughs) Whoever owns that. Yeah. A milli for a car. What's the most expensive car? Like the most the most expensive car I've sold was a LaFerrari Aperta. Wow. How much? Uh, Between. Six and a half and seven and a half. I'll give you that range. What? Million? Million, yeah. Was well, so it Ferrari? Which one? A Perta. Perta? Dude, oh, cars are six mil. There are some more expensive. Dude, there's, there's car collections that I've been to in Quail, uh, 
where there's a thirty million dollar Ferrari in yeah. there, like some old school stuff, like Ferrari. stuff you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know what it is, and even I don't even know because yeah, past my time. It, yeah. But it's just like they're eclectic to that point. Oh, like a collector car, like old. Yeah, uh, like they don't drive them, but they're like you know thirty million dollar cars. Yeah. It's or they're so far ahead that it's that's what they're or they made ten of them or something. Yeah, and yeah. they're like five of them have been crashed, and there's five left in the world. Yeah, you know, it's like stuff like that. yeah. yeah. If you wanted a Ferrari, could you just go to Ferrari and get one, or is there like a waiting list like Rolex? No, there's a waiting list. I mean, this dealership here in town, they don't get very many allocations. It's a club. So, yeah, yeah they, they kind of suffer with allocations a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys out of town will get you better cars mm. as far as new stuff. They have more. It's about how much volume you do. So if you do a lot of volume, then you get more allocations. Gotcha. This store here doesn't do as much volume, so they don't get as many. But other states, San Diego, uh, you know, Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. They, they get more cars, mm-hmm. for example. So you, you can go in there and order one and wait for it. Like a year. But if you wanted one brand new, sometimes you walk in a Ferrari in a different state, you can get one brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What do you what do you think about the Ferrari truck? You, you, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's different, right? Yeah. They're hitting the ground now. I have one coming. Oh, you so do? They'll have one coming. Yeah, because they were saying that they were sold out. But yeah, they're sold out. That. If, if you got the right contact, you can right. get one. <laughs> so is yours going to be sold already by the time you get Ma, I'm going to sell mine right away. Bro, yeah, yeah. so you already got some people in mind. I got three customers waiting for it. Wow, wow, That's waiting a good for life. one car. Yeah. So what do you do? You kind of do a bid. No, I'll just say, hey, listen, it's available, and whoever's ready to cut that check that day, they can have it. Okay. Yeah. How much are you selling for? I haven't decided yet. Once it lands, we we'll see what the market is that day, and I'll make sure I discount it for my customers and. That's how I keep my Got people it. happy. Oh, okay. So you're going to discount it? Of course, hundred percent. I mean, Ferrari it'll be over MSRP. Wow. Well, I'm getting it at MSRP. Right. But they're going to pay over MSRP. Right. But I'm not going to charge them crazy like somebody else would. Yeah. Doesn't work. You Let's value customer service. Hundred percent. They built the business on customer service. Right. But that Ferrari truck is worth selling over MSRP. Well, he could, but he values a long-term yeah. relationship. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people play the short game. I play the long game. Yeah. Right. You want them to buy from you again? Over and over. Dude, my friend bought seven cars from him. Yeah. <laughs> Seven? Yeah. Jeez. I've had one customer buy 40 something cars for me. For real? He spent over $30 million with me. Oh my One gosh. customer alone. Mm. One day. Yeah, that's big. And that's not normal. That's not normal. Because usually it's like one time you don't like the service or you oversold yeah. you or it just wasn't good. So you build a relationship with them, like kind of like family in a way. 100%. You have to. I'm available. You can call me on my cell phone at midnight. Mm-hmm. I'll never be too big for my britches. Like my phone is always, my number's out there. You want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me. Yeah. Some people oh. are like, oh, I own this store. I own that store. No, I'm not available. No, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You have to really get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Because if, I, if I'm doing something with you, even if I'm dealing with a salesperson, I have an issue, I'm going I'm to call the owner and say, hey, what's going on? I'll handle it. Wow. You have to. Mm. Not a lot of owners do that. No, they don't. That's where the, that's where the fall is. Right. Because they're bigger than the company. They're too big for their britches. That's what they feel. Right. You go. And how do you go about marketing or is everything word of mouth? We did a lot of marketing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now it's a lot of word of mouth. Now it's a lot of referrals, right? I think he's an yeah, the product speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, he's right? selling something to a certain group of people. The thing is, though, with these people, they, they're all like for you, for example, if you got a car from me, right? It would come up in one of your podcasts. Mm-hmm. It would, you would yeah. come up somewhere, same with you. Yeah. Hey, I bought it from Nick. Oh, cool. Well, you're credible. Mm-hmm. You're credible. Yeah. Great. Now I became credible. Mm. So it's, you know. Right. Through, just selling to the right people. Yeah. Selling to the right people. Not even that, but they just talk, right? And if they have a great experience of nothing bad to say. They like them. Then, then it's on. Yeah. Like, why Why not? Yeah. I had, a, you heard I had an example. Said, bro. He's going to discount a Ferrari truck for his customers. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. hear 
nobody said that. Especially but, do you know, but do you know why though? Even to a step further, mm-hmm. if I discount it and I give it to him at a good price, mm-hmm. I know that guy's gonna be bored of it in six months. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna give it back to me. I'm gonna make money on it again. Mm-hmm. Right? Facts. Mm-hmm. Bigger play. So why do you think a lot of luxury car dealerships judge you on the clothes you wear when you walk in? You know what? That's one thing. Is, that's a great question. Actually, I love that you asked that because this is the thing. I had a guy come in on a bicycle and buy a, a, a Porsche. Okay. This guy looked like a bum. Yeah. Flip flops. His nails weren't cut. He looked like a straight trash. Like, honestly, God, you'd never expect that. Mm-hmm. And we, he came in. I want to sit in this car. I want to look at this car. Sure. Well, how can I help you? It just so happened that that um, day I was dealing with normal. Him. Treat him like normal. Like, I didn't even, that didn't even phase me. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Thank you. He's like, I just won the lottery, actually. And so I want to buy a car. He told me wow. at the end of the transaction, the wire hit the next morning. Whoa. Wow. Man, so I'm what made sorry. you treat him normal? Like what, what, because that's, what, what makes you like that? Because when I was 12 or 13 years old, I would go into dealerships and I would negotiate deals for my mom mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, and my brother when they were buying cars yeah, yeah. and I would negotiate the deal. And that one salesperson that took me serious, yeah. it taught me then like, hey, look. It helps mm-hmm. to take you seriously. We went back and bought those two cars that I negotiated. Mm-hmm. You got to just treat everybody equal, man. Like gotcha. There's no such thing as, oh, because I wear mm-hmm. you know this brand or that brand, I'm so-and-so. It doesn't mean nothing. These are clothes. We all eat the same. We all sleep the same. We all go to the bathroom the same. We're, we're just all normal people. We got to help each other. Just you know, cultivate that. You don't ever judge someone by how they dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if they have a, a deficiency or a lisp or mm-hmm. something. But why? Like, why, why do that? Just right. treat everybody 100 Hundred percent. I walked in the Rolex that's so, store. That's so solid, bro. Yeah, no, it's fact. That's I walked solid. in the Rolex store in uh, Caesars, mm-hmm. and I was wearing sweatpants and a hoodie. No one would talk to me. I roll up my sleeve, pull out the hundred hundred K watch. Mm-hmm. They come talk to me. I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to be. Yeah, here. Now you don't even want to. You already yeah. got a bad T-shirt, mouth. Like yeah. I walked around the whole store mm-hmm. for ten twenty minutes. And no, and no one, one, said, no one even me. spoke to you. It, no one. That's facts, dude. The people that have real money, and I've seen a lot of it. Believe me. Okay. There's people that come in that are dripping in like brands and diamonds and this and that. And then there's guys that come in that are golf shirt, shorts, mm-hmm. wearing a, like a regular Rolex, mm-hmm. nothing. And they have more money than you can even count. Mm-hmm. And the people that come in, so what's my credit like? Can I get, can I get approved for this car? Mm-hmm. What's my payment going to be? <laughs> like, it's like, it's a whole different ball game, right? Yeah. This is, when I think I'm a firm believer in that when you're trying that hard, you really don't got it. And yeah. I know that people that have it, they don't show it. Yeah. True wealth is very quiet. Right. When you have real money, you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the billionaires are, they just want, they, they, they want what they want. Yeah. They don't, they don't, it's not too much yeah. to talk about it. No. They, why would they? It's just, you know, it's, it becomes just a norm at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that makes life a little easier. Mm-hmm. Do you want to expand to other cities or are you sticking with Vegas? Definitely can expand, uh, working on some stuff out in Utah right now. Um, and that's about it. I think for, well, I'll expand maybe in California eventually, but not right now, not mm-hmm. for a while. Vegas is our main focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's in it. He's yeah, growing Vegas out here. Is our main focus. Yeah. Why Utah? Um, just in St. George, there's a little bit of a gap there that we're filling right now already. So we already have a location getting set up over there. Okay. Oh, okay. So they don't have any spots out there? No, it, it, it's not a big enough market for too many people to go into, but I just need something there just to facilitate what I'm already doing over there. Gotcha. Yeah. But Vegas is our main hub. And then company culture-wise, how did you build such a such a cool culture? Just, you know, it comes back to, it's not work when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. 
right? So if you go to work in the morning, you wake up, you're excited to go there, right. you know, you're dressed, acceptable right, to right, deal with right. people that come in because we have to look good to deal with people, right? But, you know, it's not over the top where you have to go and wear a three-piece suit and feel stuffy. You want to go be relaxed, go and have fun. I have a golf range in my dealership, ping pong tables, ping pong, pinball, mm. you name it. Like we have some games, stuff like that. It's it's the culture is built from within, and it all comes from the person that's leading the, the group, which would be me in that sense. And if I'm relaxed, I want everybody to be relaxed. Mm. If you're not happy, I want you to tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and kind of understand your people. Everybody has issues. People right. deal with things on a daily basis. Some people have illnesses. Some people have family that has illnesses. And we carry that stress as human beings. We're caring people, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're stressed, I'm stressed for them. And how can I help that situation? Mm-hmm. So the culture is all about, like, we got to help each other. We're a team. And if I don't have my team, I'm nothing. I'm just one person. I cannot do anything in that place that I could make it go by myself. I, I am my team, mm-hmm. right? And my team is all together, and they all look after each other. Just like yesterday, we did uh, an outing at Top Golf for the watch party for the Golden Knights. We shut the dealership down at four o'clock. I said, "Everybody, go. Let's all go out and enjoy." You know, wow. and that's that's called culture, right? Because so you consider them friends and family. Yeah, friends and family. Of course, we all work together. We have each other's backs. You know, they're watching something I don't see. I'm watching something they don't see. Mm-hmm. That's how the culture is yeah, built. You got it. It's got to be built from within. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of companies just care about the work and not. Well, I mean, the happier the, the happier the employee, the longer it stay. Hundred percent. Yeah, the longer it's less turnover. You even got to deal with training new people, new personalities. Can't trust people, stuff like that. He kind of keeps his core together. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good business model. Yeah, you you have to man. It's really it's really important, and that's where people fall and fail. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't they don't have that culture. Right. You can have all the money in the world. You could have the best business, but you don't have your team behind you or nothing. Mm. So how do you deal with money? Speaking of money, is is that like super important to you or you just do the business part mainly for fun? You seem so grounded. Yeah. I am, dude. Yeah, because <laughs> I know so, what I went through to get seem, here. You seem so grounded. Like, you just, you know, you already know. Like, you yeah, know, it's just, yeah. I know what I went through to get here. I know how hard it was. I know all the things I went against, all people that were against me, even when I was getting my licenses here in town. Oh, he's never going to make it. You know, these other dealers in town. And now they're like, hey, can we be your best friend? Let's go for dinner. Yeah. Like, I'm cool. I'll go for dinner with you. But I already knew where you came from. Yeah. I'll have you ever you. worked for another? Uh, have you worked for anybody ever? Uh, yeah, I worked at a dealership in Canada for oh, a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. How did you do as a, a salesperson? Um, I wasn't in sales. I was doing buying. I was a buyer. Like I had my dealership. I opened yeah. and sold it off and, and went and worked for somebody for a little while. Oh, so you were a buyer. And, yeah, I was a buyer and basically handled their mm-hmm. locations. Was that a play on just learning the infrastructure Absolutely. and hitting the, the, the basically the blueprint down so you can one day build something that you have now? The blueprint is what you make it, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. that being said, yeah. you got to take a little bit of everything yeah. and you got to create your own blueprint. Because right. if you follow somebody else's blueprint, you're following their vision. Mm-hmm. You know, we can follow your vision if you have your own ideas and you put it all together and you have your own blueprint that you're following. Mm-hmm. In life, we all follow our own blueprint. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that's why well, I went to work for somebody to learn about that part of that position, mm-hmm. right? Did something else. Another, I was in medical sales for a little bit. I did to learn a different part of the position. Mm-hmm. I got to learn how people think. Mm-hmm. When you're coming in, I'm dealing with you. I got to know. I got to read you right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, as superficial as that is, but I have to understand no, not, where you're coming from. That's a part of right. sales. Yeah, that's that's sales. Yeah, sales that's, that's the psychology of sales. That's it. Yeah, it's high income skill if you yeah. master it. Absolutely, because you can actually see who you're selling to before. You can ask them certain questions. You can tell their body language yeah. if they got it or not. Like he can tell. 
Yeah. When you look back at the growth of the company, what were some big moments or like big setbacks or lessons you, you remember? You know, in the beginning, coming from Canada to here, they don't recognize your credit. You know, I got an 800 score in Canada, but that meant nothing here. It'd be like me being a person that was just born and have no credit at all. Mm-hmm. Zero. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have a credit card in Canada. It doesn't mean nothing here. Wow. So I had to start from zero, which is like a $250 prepaid credit card you imagine <laughs> that to try and build credit and build credit like that and you need credit in this business 100 i'm not saying you can't do without credit you have to have credit to do yeah. it right and so those are some of the challenges i went through because uh, they the bank give you a line of credit to buy the cars if you have good credit yeah. and you have the financials and you have this, the stability and the, mm-hmm. the stuff behind it to support it otherwise no especially right now trying mm-hmm. to get a, a line for cars no way man yeah. it's impossible the banks are so scared right now Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's too much. Like, too yeah, it's too the ground, too shaky right now. Is it the interest rates going up? Or well, no, it's just the you got the war, you got the currency, you got we're we're basically in a in a recession. Yep, we're in a recession, um, and it has they don't know how bad it's going to get, so they're, they're kind of pulling back a little bit. Wow. Vegas is going to be six months behind a recession. Why? Because of the sports teams we have, we have too much hype. At Formula One. The Knights are doing great. You got the Raiders here. You got baseball around the corner. So many draws. So there's so many things that are drawing. Mm-hmm. But soon enough, it's going to catch up. It mm-hmm. always catches up. What goes up must come down, right? Right. It's facts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's eventually it's going to catch up. And we will feel the recession. Will it be as bad as most places? Probably not mm-hmm. because this is a place where people come with a mindset. If I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to spend money. Right. Right? So it's that mindset. Um but we're definitely going to feel it for sure. So. And during the depression times to uh, depressing times, Vegas, the travel, the tourism actually goes up. Because really? This is a happy place for them. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know that. So have you been through a recession in the car industry yet? Um, yes, actually I have. But mm. not as not like as bad. Think about it like this, right? For example, when all these prices were going up, we went through a different kind of recession. When the prices started adjusting, I owned everything super high. And this was after COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Everything started to adjust. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're losing 20000 30000 per car. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to... From the time you purchase, right? From the yeah, MSRP, of course. Right? The price would just drop overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know? And, so and how, how did you pivot? You have to just unload and you have to stay lean. Yeah, and yeah. You, had a, the, you don't make money when you sell. You make money when you buy. Right, right. I've always you know, said that. That's my like, main thing. The money's made when you buy the car. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why you gotta wait for the deals. Some people just because they have money available, they wanna go spend it all on cars. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Take your time, pick and choose your your stuff. But during the market adjusting, I had to just take those L's. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah, where most people that. couldn't because they spent that money. Right. They thought this is never gonna end. Mm-hmm. Out of everything I would sell, I'd put money aside. Put right. money aside. I had to have that slush fund to go back and take that money and bring all my inventory back to normal. Right. So if you didn't do that, you would have been screwed. No, I would. His business mind, his business ac- acumen is there. Yeah. He thought he thought all the way through. Most people probably would have closed shop or yeah. just liquidated everything. You can go from yeah. having all the equity. You could have $500,000 in equity mm-hmm. in your cars because you have profit laid on the table. Yeah. But that could flip overnight and you have negative 500. How are you going to write the check for that 500? Mm-hmm. Most guys wow. don't have that. Yeah. Right? They don't, they don't, they're working on too thin of cash flow to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And because of planning and how you structure your stuff, you, you set it up so that way you're always able to just pivot and move along. Yeah. Wow. Learned a lot, man. You got anything else? <laughs> no, nah, I wanted to ask you. So 
when buying cars, do you buy based off trends, demands, maybe colors, or you kind of hear what your customers are saying or what they're requesting, and then you're like, okay, cool. My next set of cars are going to be these 10 or 15 or these 20 based on this. Mm. And how do you, what's the mindset going in? When you're when you're buying, when you it's remove a, the dollars and cents aspect of it, it's a little bit of everything. A lot of it goes into this, right? So mm-hmm. it's like what my customers want, but yeah. it's also like what's hot for you. Yeah, like you're like, would I would I buy that like black on tan interior, McLaren, like for example, black wheels? Like, that's hot. That's a, got a look yeah. compared to this one that's just black on black silver wheels. It looks basic. Mm-hmm. People want that stuff. That's the nice color combinations, the good specs, good options. You know, that's what I look for, right? right? You got to find what's kind of the X factor of it, gotcha. right? And that's what really makes it appealing to people. Because if, if I have a car online, how's mine different than anybody else's? Right, right. How is this besides orange, price? Orange McLaren, but different from this orange McLaren. Yeah, it's got it's got to have something to it, something about it. Yeah, so you just about look it. for the uniqueness of, of a car. Yes, okay, cool. yeah. uh, we make it unique. Yeah. You know, little things like that. Oh, so you make so, them unique sometimes. Oh, little okay. tricks and tricks. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Last okay. question. What's your dream car? I think you got them all. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I, do I do. Um, I mean, I love, I love Porsches. I'm a big Porsche fan. Yeah. Um, I have a 91 965. That was one of my dream cars. I put it aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 GT2 RS. I just love it. Put it aside. Fire. Um, but I think eventually, I think I'd like to just get a lot Ferrari just to have. Which one? Which, which year? Um, I'll probably go for like 14. Oh, 14. They only made it two years. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But the thing is that that was one of the biggest mm-hmm. hyper cars that we sold mm-hmm. originally. And I said, man, one day I'm going to have one of these. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Wow. And I can do it now, but it's not. How much was it? Uh, back was, then, I think a million, we, right? Yeah, we flew out yeah. on my customer's jet to go pick it up. It was 3.75 yes. million. Yeah, the doors, back then. The doors go up like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The car only brand new was really like 1.5, right? Wow. Yeah. That's insane, man. Yeah, it's been an honor. Any closing comments? No, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. For sure. It's a solid podcast. Awesome. Do some follow-up. Thank yeah. You. We'll sell some cars from this, I think. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah. Definitely should. Wayne, anything? Make sure you guys holler at Nick for your exotics. He's the guy. Yeah, if you're yeah. in Vegas, stop by Vegas Auto Gallery, guys. Yeah. See you next time. Peace.